During the week, I listen for words I hear over and over and over, and this week it was the word breath. Every word where I turned, I kept hearing someone speak the word breath. Yesterday, Maisie was running in a track meet, and she won by 0.01 seconds. And she said, Grandma, it's like the breath that they, she won by. It was just a And so I started thinking about the word breath. And it's, they said, you know, they said they didn't hear him in the earthquakes. They didn't hear him in the whirlwinds. They heard him in the whisper. They became intimate with the breath, the breath of God. The whisper, the whisper uses no vocal cords, it's just his breath. Listen for his breath. He wants you to become intimate with the breath of him. He wants to into your life. Just like he did Adam, he into Adam's life. Start listening for the still small voice. Start listening for the breath of God. Say good morning to somebody, love on them a little bit, and uh, we'll jump into some word here in a few minutes.
for corporate prayer. And then at about 11, 11.30, something like that, Harvest House truck will be in. If you want to help uh, volunteer to unload Harvest truck, you can do that this coming Wednesday. And then Wednesday evening is Wednesday night deep dive. And yeah, we'll be here. Uh, Pastor's going to continue um, on the topic he's been on. And uh, you don't want to miss it. You want to get involved in that. And uh, you can do it online, but there's nothing like doing it here in the sanctuary. Amen. And then um, also, um, this, this starts uh, for Christians for the last 2,000 years, just about, uh, Holy Week. So this is Palm Sunday, and then Thursday is Monday Thursday, Good Friday, and then the following Sunday, next Sunday, will be Easter. And with, amen, yeah, love Easter. So in that, you want to bring some young'uns with you because we always have our annual Easter egg hunt. And uh, River, River showed up last year. Everybody, uh, Sydney said, bring a bag for candy. She had a garbage bag. And I think she just about filled it. We've got pictures of her and Tyler out there looking through it and digging through it. So uh, anyway, in that, um, Sydney could still use candy to be brought in. If you can bring that in by Wednesday, that would be great. They've got to be individually wrapped uh, because the ants like candy too, and everything will be out in the yard. So if you can bring candy in uh, by Wednesday, that would be great. Also, scotch tape. She never has enough tape to close up the eggs. So uh, you can bring that in by Wednesday too. Also on Monday, 6 p.m., is Loving Marriage class. It is phenomenal. We love it. It's really, really great. So that will be this coming Monday. April the 7th at 6 p.m. is the Seder dinner. And there's a sign-up sheet. You must be signed up by today. Um, and uh, there's also a sheet to sign up for food. If you, if you could bring something to eat. Uh, that would be wonderful. So that's April the 7th at 6 p.m. You must sign up by today. Then men's breakfast, which is usually on the third Saturday of the month, has to be moved uh, this week because of Carol. <laughs> we've, we've got, amen, we've got a wedding renewal going on and uh, that's Saturday. So anyway, men's breakfast for this month will be April the 22nd. That's the fourth Saturday of the month, and there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Uh, we also need kids church workers, audio video workers. If you're a visitor today, we appreciate you, and uh, amen. We love our visitors. And uh, if, uh, if you're going to sign a visitor's card, we would appreciate it if you just put it in one of the boxes on the wall back there. Uh, that way we can get the information. And um, for the offering, you can give online. You can uh, text it. You can give it to Bob. You can, he says no, but he'll take it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, giving your tithe. I said last week. Am I saying that if you become a tither, God will meet every need that you have? I'm not saying that. God does, though. And I've been a tither for a long time. 
a long, long time. He has never failed me. He never will. I promise you that. I promise you that. So uh, uh, I encourage you to give your tithe. God blesses tithers. He just does. It's one of one of the things he does. I bless my kids and my grandkids. He blesses his kids. Amen. Let's pray over Cambridge. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this great city. I thank you for this church that you have put in this city. Lord, bless Cambridge. Bless the surrounding uh, counties and territories, Lord God. Bless them with the gospel of the kingdom. Bless this territory, Lord God, with finances, with jobs, with opportunities. Lord God, prosper this part of the country. Prosper it simply because we're here. Lord God, in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as our pastor comes before us, Lord, bless him to speak the oracles of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, before we uh, get going, I want to uh, encourage you, if you've never uh, been a part of uh, our Seder, it, it's a good time. But, uh, again, I want to stress... You need to sign up today. And also, it is a potluck, all right? So if you don't tell Karen what you're bringing and I don't get to eat Friday, I'm going to be upset, all right? So make sure you talk to Karen, who's standing back there in the back right now, and uh, let her know today what you can bring, and please sign up today. Let me tell you, folks, you never know uh, who you touch. You don't know the impact one person can have on another. You know, I've been talking on, I start, we were doing a series on Wednesday nights called Healthy Church. And I started looking at evangelism in a whole new way um, last, last Wednesday. Um, and we're going to look at some other things that's going to help a church grow. <laughs> That'll get me before the day's over, I promise. <laughs> But folks, you don't know what, you, what impact you have. So before I jump into my message, and today we're going to finish up the series, Amazing Love. Uh, and, and our title today is Responding to Amazing Love. So before I get into that, I remembered. Uh, before I get into that, uh, Reese, will you uh, kill the lights? Bobby... I want you all to watch this video real quick. What are you looking at? Didn't you hear me? I said, what are you looking at? You're definitely thinking something about me and I'm guessing it ain't about my mind. What do you know about me anyway? You see me with those eyes thinking you know everything that you don't. You ever think you might be wrong about me? You who think you know so much. I know you got me all figured out, right? I'll tell you what you should know. I'll tell you what I want you to know. People are more than flesh and blood and teeth and hair. 
I am more. I'm a person. I'm a girl. No, I am a woman. Look at me. Look at me. I know things you know nothing about. I know what it is to be abused and used and dirty and unclean. I thought to be loved was to be devoured, chewed up and spit out, <laughs> giving it away, laying down with a guy thinking, this time it's going to matter. This one's going to be different. This one's going to see me and know me, hear me, love me. <laughs> I know a lot of men. Yeah, I do. Men who didn't hear my no, even though I said it, they didn't hear it because they didn't ask. And they didn't ask because they didn't have to. I mean, it's me, right? No one asks a girl or a woman like me. So yeah, I know what you're thinking. Why do you think I go to the well in the middle of the day when I know none of you will be there? It's been like this my whole life. But today I met someone. He was different, you know? Can I tell you about him? Please, can I tell you? This man, he saw me. He spoke to me. He asked me for a drink of water. <laughs> and I know that ain't usually a big deal, but to ask me? He wasn't exactly the kind of man that talks to a girl. <laughs> like me. This man, he knew everything. He knew, he knew about the stuff that I don't let you see. He knew about the stuff that I don't look at. He told me about my pain and my fear my desires, my sin. Okay, so it's sort of nuts, but coming from anybody else, the things that he said would have sounded like condemnation and hate, but from him, it was different. It was, it was grace and mercy. It was forgiveness, love. This man took the time to see me. And when he saw me, he knew me. He knew about every thought that I have in my head. He knew about the dreams that I couldn't tell no one about because he would believe me anyway, right? But he did. He knew about this nervous thing that I get inside, that it's like, it's 
like my mouth is always dry and I just gotta have something to drink. It's like I got this thing that says, if I just give some guy what he wants just one more time, then I'll be loved. I won't be thirsty no more. Do you know what I'm talking about? This man says that he can help me. He said that he can give me the kind of water that will make me clean again. That will fill me up forever. And it will take away this edginess I got inside. I told him that I had always heard and that I had even hoped that God would come and help me someday because I can't do it on my own anymore, you know? <laughs> but he told me I am he. I am he. And I knew. I just knew. I believed. I am not who you think I am. You've been wrong about me. I've been wrong about me. That's why I had to come here today. That's what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. You've got to meet this man. You've got to. Because of him, I am clean. I am pure. I am loved. And that changes everything. I'm different. Yeah, it's me. The woman at the well. I am a woman. And that's my story. See, when you come face to face with the love this amazing, it changes everything. And, there, and, and, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm with her, man. It doesn't matter how far you are or where you think you are. You're never too far for God's love to reach you. And it doesn't matter what you've done, but when you experience this kind of amazing love, it demands a response. It needs to be responded to. And you, you can get as close to God as you want to get. 
But the question is, how close do you want to be? Because, see, there's, diff there's varying levels of relationship. See, some of you just have met me a couple times, and we're what's known as an acquaintance. And that's what a lot of people are with God. They're acquaintances with God. They know who he is. They may even recognize him on the street. But it's just somebody who they know. It's, there's, it, it, it's not intimate. It's just, and that's the way we, we, a lot of us spend our lives. And folks, I'm here to tell you, this love is so great that he really wants you to be more than acquaintance. He really wants you to go to Mark chapter 6. Mm. I love watching, I go back to that video a lot. I go back to it a lot because we think he's there <laughs> to help her. Mark chapter 6, but the next breath, they were cutting him down. Now this is Jesus after he went back to his own hometown to preach and they said in the next breath they began cutting him down saying he, here's, he's just a carpenter Mary's boy we've known him since he was a kid we know his brothers James and John and Jude and Simon his sister and his sisters well, who does he think he is and they <laughs> they tripped over what little they knew about him and fell sprawling and they never got any further man I love the way the message puts that there that they tripped over what see and that's where we get a lot of time we get so far and we begin to trip over what we think we know about him and we never get any further because the little that we've been told or the or the false lies that 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 we've been fed about him and all the negative stuff that we, we just think that he's just a judge and he's wrath. <laughs> we forget that this amazing love is there and just like them, they begin to sprawl over themselves and they tripped over what little they knew about him and they never, Pastor Dave, they never got any further. But what does an acquaintance do? An acquaintance will limit what you can draw from a relationship. Go look at verse 4. And Jesus said, a prophet has little honor in his hometown among his relatives and on the streets that he played, on as a played in as a child. And Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything there. He laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. That's all. He couldn't get over their stubbornness and he left and made a circuit of the other villages teaching. <laughs> they stumbled over what, see, they're only because of their relationship with him. They had an acquaintance. They recognized him. They recognized his mom. They recognized his brothers. They recognized his sister. But because it was only an acquaintance, they couldn't draw from who he is. Folks, God wants you more than an acquaintance because if all you do is he's just this thing that we do on Sunday morning. He's just this thing that we do. Now, I hope this don't offend you, but in preacher world, there's terms that we use sometimes. 
One of them is CEO. You know what CEO means? It's Christmas, Easter only. But you see what that does? That keeps him as, as an acquaintance. Oh, we get together every now and then, and we can have a meal, and we can have a good time. But when it comes that I really need something for him, I won't trust him to be able to meet that need because I don't know his character well enough. I don't know who he is. I don't know if I can trust him to be that person that I need to be in my life because I've always kept him. Folks, this is an invitation. This is Easter. This is an invitation for you to spread your arms out because he already did it. He don't have to do it anymore. Now's an invitation for you just to say, hey, I need help. Like she said, I realized I couldn't do it anymore, and here I am. I just need somebody to notice me. I need somebody. You, I hear this is an invitation to come past just getting to know who he is and getting to know him better. Because once we get past being an acquaintance, I've got Chris sitting back here about two, maybe three years ago, Chris calls me up. He was a chaplain for hospice. And he said, hey, why don't you meet? Let's meet for lunch. So we did. We sat down. We had lunch. And it was nice. And if I saw Chris on the street, I would recognize him. And Perry comes to me and said, hey, I got this new guitar player that's going to uh, come in to our, our 50s and 60s and 70s group. Yes, we have a group. And when we practice, I tell Dee, I have to, have to, I have to go to old man practice. Because <laughs> they're all older than me. <laughs> Ain't that right, Dave? <laughs> but you see, what I knew of Chris, and, I, and he said, oh, it's Chris, Chris Dyer. I said, oh, yeah, I know Chris. I didn't really know you. I recognize you. I knew what you did. I knew that you had something to do with the Wesleyan Church. I knew that, that there was something that he did with, with, with hospice. But now after a few months, I know him better. And we've had long conversations. Now I don't call him an acquaintance anymore. Now he's a friend. See, this is what God's looking for us for this Easter season. He wants you to come from just being acquainted with him and, and, and just coming every now and then. But he wants you to spend some time with him. Have some deep conversations with him. Have some song, some, some, some good sit down. Toward now, you know a little bit more and you can move into, and, and, and for guys dating, this is not always a good thing. But in this situation, it's a, it's, it's a step of moving into a friend zone. See, a friend is somebody you're emotionally close to. A friend is somebody you can trust. So I know because of the developing relationship that Chris and I have developed, I can trust Chris. I trust him so much I came here, I let him preach to you guys a few months ago. I trust him so much that in the middle of this month he'll be doing one of our Wednesday nights. Why? Because I got to know him better. I got to know his heart. I got to see who he was. See, that's what God wants for you. He says, come on, get past this place where I'm on the outskirts of your life. Bring me in just a little deeper. I don't want to be acquainted with you. He wants to be friends with you. We wrote whole songs about it in the Word. Not in the Word, in the world. Israel put out a good song here. I'm a friend of God. 
And, and, and you know, that's great. Being a friend, let's go to John chapter 15. We've used this as the main text for this series. In John chapter 15, verse 13, he said, Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. For a servant doesn't know what his master does, but I have called you friends. <laughs> for, for everything that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Here's the thing. That word friends, it's one of the bridegroom's friends. When they use that word friend, it's not like you and I talk about a friend. It's, it's, it's the friend of a bride and bridegroom. You see, when they stood up to get married, the bride had a man and the male had a man. They were bridesmen too. And what these people would do, they would even go and present the marriage to the one supposed to be espoused. They were trusted with actually asking for the, for the fiance's hand in marriage. See, what God wants to do is so much more than just make you, hey, high five, we know each other. He said, no, I want to be able to put responsibility on you. I want you to be able to go to someone and declare my love for them. I want you to be able to get close. But if you don't get close to me, I can't trust you with this. He said, I want you to be a friend, one of the bridegroom's friends. Where, Listen, how, listen how important, they, how involved they were. <laughs> they were involved in almost every step of the wedding. The groom's friend was involved in almost every, so much so they're the ones who made sure that the house was ready. They invited all the guests. This is what God's looking for you. He wants you so close to him that he can look at you and say, go out into the highways and byways. Make sure my house is full. I trust you so much, go ask them to be my bride. Go ask them to come and be a part of it. He wants you so, he don't want to just know you once a year. He don't want to know you just once every few months. He wants you so intimately involved with him that he can trust you with the biggest event in the universe. And that's the marriage of the bride and the bridegroom. He wants you so involved. <laughs> listen, listen what, you know what else those friends did? They made sure that the male and, the, and that the bride and the bridegroom stayed pure. They defended the bride's honor at all cost. He says, I have called you my friend. I have called you to come alongside with me and make a proposal to the world. I've called you to come and defend the bride at all costs. I've called you to go and make sure that all the guests are invited, that everything's planned, that everything's organized. You know what else they did? They even arranged the honeymoon. See, we get past this, oh, I've called you friends. Oh, that's nice. But we don't realize how deep Jesus was looking 
into his disciples that day. And he said, I'm calling you for my friend. They understood. They understood. So the invitation today, you can be acquainted with him. That's good. But he's saying, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper where I can trust you with some things. Go to Exodus chapter 33. This is one of my favorite verses. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. He said, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face like a man speaks to his friend. This is where God wants you. He wants to talk to you. He don't want you to have to come and run to me or to somebody other, uh, a, a, a pastor or somebody that you trust, say, I need you to hear from God from me. He said, no, I want you to come like Moses. Come into the place of meeting. Come into the tent of meeting where I can talk to you face to face. He doesn't want to whisper to you from some, through somebody else's mouth. He wants to get right into your ear. Amen. He wants to be so close to you that you can, if he whispered, it would sound like a scream. He wants to be so close to you that you trust him so intimately that you would jump off a cliff. Anybody here like movies? Remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Indy's sitting up there and it was called the Step of Faith. There's no bridge. It's just this big chasm that's wide. And what he had to do was trust that he had to take that step that he wouldn't fall. This is what God's asking of you. He said, I just want you to trust me so much that, it, that you don't have to see what I'll, how I'll support you. You don't have to see even where you'll end up. You imagine being Abraham when God says, hey, go to a place, I'll tell you where it is. Where he had to trust God. He walked to the end of his gate, opened up his white picket gate. And yes, I know they didn't have those. It's a joke. <laughs> he opened up his gate and he had to trust God to say left or right. And he went to the end of his road and he had to know his friend. And he went left or right. Dee and I did this one time. We flipped a coin. We got in the car. Heads meant left, right. Heads meant left, yeah. Right was tails. Flip it. I got to get those things. Something like that. You know what I'm talking about. We, had to, we flipped a coin, and that's the way the car went. We come to, let me tell you, that's tough till you get out of Cambridge. <laughs> Flip a coin again. That's the way we're going. It just, just imagine God wanting to lead your life in such a way where all you have to do is say, what way now? And he says, just go straight. Just go left. But see, if you don't trust him, if, you, if he's only an acquaintance and he's not a friend, you'll never trust him like this. So there's an invitation today for you to know a God you can trust. He said, Moses was in the place of the tent, in the, in the tent of meeting, and he, God spoke to him face to face like a man does his friend. And that's good. But that's not the rest of this verse. And when he returned to the camp, see, he left. He went back to where he was at. Yeah. Folks, 
best friends aren't made immediately. They're only made when you spend time together. So Moses spoke to God face to face like a man does his friend. And then when he went back to his life, his, his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, look what he did. Go ahead to that. Said a young man did not depart from the tent. That means he stayed to talk to God a little longer. A little more. You see, every relationship can grow. You can grow past an acquaintance with God into a friendship with God. But then you don't have to stop at just being his friend. He wants to take you like Joshua if we'll just stay in there a little bit longer. I wonder what was told to Joshua after Moses had returned to his normal day. What did Joshua, what, imagine what you would hear from God if you just got to know him a little more. And you stayed in there a little more, a little longer, and we don't get bored. Best friends don't start out that way. They have to stay a little longer. Lastly, just like the woman that we saw in that video, she met someone. You see, there's a place that you go, I met D in a bank. Had been looking for her for weeks. Seriously, I worked with her sister. I knew both of her brothers. Her sister said she works at the bank, so I just traveled around banks. <laughs> and finally, on Valentine's Day, I walked into the bank because I'd found a house I wanted to buy. And I walked in and they said, what's your name? I said, Brent Belcher. And every woman in that place went, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> and, and, and so the law officer takes me. She sits me in a room and she says, I'll be back in a minute. And she gets up and she walks out. Then Dee walks in. And she's asking me all these questions. And I'm like, what in the world does this have to do with me getting alone? Because I didn't know her. And then she said, well, then it hit me. I'm like, oh, she kind of looks like her sister. I said, are you Tammy's sister? She said, yeah. From that day, was it that, maybe from that day, maybe just a couple weeks in, we went every day, every day, and saw each other for six or seven months. I can't remember how long we dated before we got married. Every day. Why? We would sit up in the middle of the night. She'll tell you, I don't remember. We would sit on the phone. This was back before everybody texted Maisie. We would sit on the phone and watch those crazy Freedom Rock commercials. <laughs> we knew every song together. I knew everything there was about each other. See, you can become an acquaintance with God. You can become a friend of God. You can become a best friend. But there's something even 
deeper. There's a place of intimacy where there's not one thing the other doesn't know. And when you reach that place, you will spend a lifetime still learning. We have spent the last 28 years still learning. When we first got married, one of us was in the shower and one of us was sitting in the floor outside the shower talking about anything, Chris, anything we could talk about. We wanted to know, how does a woman think about this? How does a man think about this? See, I needed to understand her if I was going to love her. We, we asked the, the, what you would probably be embarrassed to ask your spouse, we weren't. But you see what it was, we were building intimacy. Yes, she's my best friend, but I have an intimacy with her that I don't have with anybody else on the planet. And I'm not talking a physical thing. I'm talking, I know her. My kids still ask, how in the world do you guys talk all the, we don't shut up. They're like, how do you still do it? It's been almost 30 years because I still want to know as much as I can know. See, she's part of me and I'm part of her. We're joined together. But the great thing is, it says once we are united with Christ. See, this is the way we're supposed to be with Christ. We have been united with Christ. He says, come, get to know me. It's an invitation when he says, take my flesh, drink my blood, take me into you. Let's become intimate. Let's get to know each other like nobody does. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know my secrets. I want you to know, he, like the woman, he told her everything there was to know. Why? Because he was intimately involved with her. And this is an invitation in, the Christmas, in, Christmas, in Easter season. This is the invitation. Don't just be acquainted with God. Don't just be friends with God. Be intimate the word intimate means this. It's simple. It means close, having, involving, or resoluting from a close personal relationship. I like the rest of this, though. It's cozy. It's quiet and private and secluded. This is what God wants with you. This is what God wants with all of us. He wants us cozy. He don't want that awkward, that awkwardness. She didn't think I loved her. She didn't think I liked her for the first month we went out. Now, we talked every day. But I decided, Vicki, that I didn't want to know her physically. And I'm not talking sexually, okay? I didn't want to, I wouldn't hold her hand. I didn't kiss her. Now, you got to remember, we, got, we were older when we got together. I didn't say how old. <laughs> and she remembered, she said, she was wondering why. He don't seem to be a backward guy. Go figure. Because I decided I was at the point in my life where I didn't, all that stuff, that was fine. I wanted to know her. 
God, he's not worried about whether you get a goose bump or a goose pimple. He's not worried about you getting a chill. He's not worried about how well you dance in the middle of service. He doesn't worry about how well you pray in tongues or don't pray in tongues. What he's worried about is how deep of a relationship will you and him actually go. Where you know his voice. She can't hide her voice from me. And I know you're thinking, yeah, have you heard that accent? But where I'm from, she sounds like everybody else. But she can't hide from me. God wants that so much for you. Where you can't hide from him and he can't hide from you. See, that's what Adam tried to do. Adam got in the garden and thought, oh no, here comes God. I'll hide. I don't know why he actually thought that he could hide. God knew him so well. He said, hey, where are you? He gave him the chance to come to him. But like all of us, when we get in our own sin, we get in our own shame, we tried to hide from the very one that wants to help. And this is where God wants you. He doesn't want you to keep him at arm's length. He said, hey, look, here I am. I've got all of this. See, there's an intimacy. It means cozy. It means quiet. It's private or secluded. This is why when we're in praise and worship and it gets real quiet, everybody starts, what do we do? It's because we're still yet to find that intimacy. When we find that intimacy, Chris, I can lay there forever. I can sit right there because I'm close. It's cozy. It's our time. It means cozy, quiet, private, enabling people to feel relaxed with each other. That's where God wants you. He wants you relaxed with him. I, I can't get relaxed with God because you don't know him yet. Oh, you can recognize him, and you may be a great acquaintance with him. But he wants, see, when you get to really know him, you can be so relaxed with him. I'm relaxed with her. The things that she sees and hears and out of me, you all would never. I got a story I'd tell you right now. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. But you would never get to see it. Why? I don't know you that way. And I love you. And I, you and I may spend a lot of time together, but you'll never know me like she does. It's the same way with God. And everybody else may come and they may go, but God wants you in a place where you can just be relaxed. Not on edge. Am I going to do everything right? Am I going to say everything right? Have I ever said every, everything right? Okay. <laughs> Have I done everything right? Okay. But you know what? I'm still relaxed with her. Why? Because there's intimacy there. When there's intimacy there, you're not trying to always please that person or perform. God doesn't want you performing for him. He doesn't want you trying to please for him. He just wants you. Yeah. 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 See, I look around this room today and I know almost everybody here. So I know pretty much where you are spiritually. But but are we intimate? Go to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm reading this out of the message. 
I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. Ephesians 3.16, I'm sorry. Verse 17. That Christ will live in you. You can't get more intimate than that. You can't get more intimate than that. That Christ would live in you as you open the door and invite him in. He's talking to a church here. He's talking to believers here. He says, I ask that Christ live in you as you open the door. How far, how far are you going to let him in? We can crack the door and let him peek in. Maybe enough to get his head in. But are we willing to just swing wide the gate and say, come in. Know me intimately. He said, and that you, the, open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly in love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb its depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives in the fullness of God. It's a love that we just can't put in words. Last scripture I want to give you today. Go to Song of Songs. Song of Solomon depends on what one you're reading. In the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 6, he says, set me as a seal upon your heart. As a seal upon your arm. For love is strong as death. Desire are as ardent flames. A most intense flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Neither can floods drown it. And if a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly condemned. God is looking for us to move in an intimate relationship. Now, if I stand up here and ask forgiveness, you have to forgive me, right? Because I just lied to you. That's not my last scripture I want to leave you with. <laughs> you knew it. No shocker? Oh, okay. <laughs> last one. Psalm 63 from the message because it's, it's beautiful. Oh, no, I'm sorry, from the passion. Oh, God of my life, I'm lovesick for you. <laughs> oh, God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in a weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you. My God, I'm energized every time I enter into your holy sanctuary heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory for your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself how I love and praise you God daily I will worship you passionately 
and with all my, see this is intimate. And with all my heart, my arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. <laughs> I lie awake each night thinking and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion I pursue and cling to you. Because I feel your grip on my life, I keep my soul close to your heart. Those who plot to destroy me shall descend into the darkness of hell. They will be consumed by their own evil and become nothing more than dust under our feet. These liars will be silenced forever, but with the anointing of a king, I will dance and rejoice along with his devoted lovers who trust in him. Amazing love demands a response so we can be an acquaintance. Yeah, I recognize you and hey, how you doing? We can be a friend. We can deepen our friendship or we can be intimate and so intimate that we are truly relaxed with God. I got a prayer team that's coming up right now. Yo. Yeah, after service. Uh, I want you to stay around after service. Just wait, prayer team. We'll, we'll, we'll get you. Sorry, guys. Uh, now, I will be calling you. I'll, I'll, I'll do it that way. Prayer team, come on. You'll get a phone call from me. These guys want to pray with you. And I don't know where your relationship is with Jesus. You may be an acquaintance. You may be a friend. But let me tell you, it can always get deeper. It can always grow more. And God is looking for you. They want to pray with you for these things to happen. Jody, will you be right here? I want to add another prayer person out here. Adrian, did you have a word for us? Come on. You'll have to go up there, baby. Oh, is it, it's working now? Testing, testing. You're okay. Um, so I was supposed to give a word earlier, and I sat on it, and I, because I didn't understand it and how it would relate to anything. Boy, was I wrong. So um, the word the Lord gave me was about the woman at the well. <laughs> I am not kidding you. That's how God does things. And I just wanted to share with you, um, thinking about the woman at the well, um, I read a lot of the Passion Translation, and it goes into great detail, and I've heard a lot of, of messages about it but not so much from her deep perspective as was on here. But that's what I was thinking about, and I wanted to share it with you how, you know, she was, she'd had five husbands, right? 
while people just looked down upon her, but in those days, she didn't have a choice. I mean, the men said, you're out of here, and she had to go, you know? And so she was broken, not once, not twice, five times, right? Because no man would keep her or take care of her. And so then she ends up with this guy who wouldn't even marry her. You know, he didn't love her enough to marry her. But she meets a man <laughs> who gets her. He got her, and that's what we're all looking for, aren't we? I mean, have you been rejected? I think we've all been rejected, but God gets you. So I just wanted to share that with you, that God gets you in your brokenness, and he wants to restore you. And on a side note, that woman, I can't remember her name, starts with PH something or other, but she became the first evangelist. You know, she evangelized her whole city, and she was very famous. If you look into the history of Christianity and read those writings, she, I mean, she was amazing. So I just wanted to share that with you. And if you hear the whisper that Judy was talking about, and God's telling you something to share, step out in faith. Don't <laughs> sit on it like I just did this morning. So I just wanted to share that with you. So I don't know. Thank you. So I don't know what your relationship is with God. I don't have to. You hear me? But I tell you what, if you need it to go further than it is right now, one of these ladies and gentlemen want to be, want to be there with you. They want to pray for you. So please, let today be the day you answer. I'm tired of just being acquainted. I want to be more than a friend. I want to be intimate with my God. Today's the day. So they're here for prayer. Everybody else, don't forget the announcements. Be listening for phone calls. We'll have a very important one go out this afternoon. Okay? I love you. Let God love you back. Amen? Amen. Amen. So they're here for prayer if you want to pray today.